Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 4. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Dion Ross. Whether Dion Ross is igniting a crowd with impactful storytelling, instructing and motivating in a fitness class, or persuading an audience on national shopping television, her passion remains the same, pushing and motivating people to work harder, dig deeper, and dream bigger in order to maximize their potential. Dion Ross is a certified speaker, corporate trainer, personal development coach through the John Maxwell Academy and national TV host of Shop LC. Dion also spent nearly the last two decades as a personal trainer and fitness instructor certified through the National Academy of Sports Medicine and the American Council on Exercise. The same skills and techniques that Dion has used to impact and improve the lives of thousands of people in the fitness realm, she applies while speaking and empowering her audiences. Dion has transformed her greatest challenge to her greatest blessing as she handles the rigorous demands of a single mother. She has experienced public scrutiny, financial hardship, and feelings of isolation. Despite the obstacles, Dion made a vow to her son, her God, and herself to pursue a life of purpose, peace, and prosperity. Dion impacts and inspires people who have come to a crossroad in life. Will you choose self-pity or greatness? She empowers her audience with the understanding that adversity is the foundation of success. Dion's most requested topics include creating the right momentum, how making right choices in small things give you the confidence needed for great victories, getting out of the blame game, understanding the difference between fault and responsibility, goal setting, practical strategies to get organized and laser focused in order to crush your goals, how successful people think, Uncovering the secrets to working toward living the life you say you want. Don't put a period where God put a comma. Daring to dream beyond your complacency. Dion's education and training includes a Bachelor's of Science in Communication Studies from the University of Texas at Austin, a Master's of Arts in Speech Communication from the University of Houston. She's a certified speaker leadership trainer, and success coach with the John Maxwell Academy. She's a certified personal fitness trainer with the National Academy of Sports Medicine, and she's an accredited jury professional with the Gemological Institute of America. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Dion Ross. Okay, Dion, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Good. Thank you. So I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for pursuing your passion of pushing people to their maximum potential. I feel like we all need a push every now and again. So it's awesome that you've chosen to take this charge. Yeah, it's in my blood. My first 
job, I've always been a fitness instructor and a personal trainer. And I realize it's just in me to push people to do more. And as I've matured and grown in my career, it's kind of taken different shapes, I guess I mm-hmm. could say, mm-hmm. but it's still the common denominator. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because I noticed you are a woman of many hats. So yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So are you ready to talk about leadership? I'm ready. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Dion? Absolutely. So there is a very powerful book by John Maxwell. It's a leadership book and it's called Becoming a Person of Influence. And basically... Leadership is influence and influence is leadership. Leadership does not necessarily have to be positional, which means you don't necessarily have to have a title to be a leader. But if you have the ability to influence people, then you are a leader. Okay, thanks for that. And I do agree with you. And I will say that I feel like a lot of people overlook their leadership because it may be missing that title, right? So I'm so glad that people make it their business to make that known now more than in the past. Because for years, I didn't realize I was a leader because I never had, you know, a leadership position in work. But yet I've been a mother. I've, you know, done things at church, organized things with my friends, family, Mm -hmm. like all kinds of ways, even the older Mm -hmm. sister, you know, to yeah. show that I was a leader, but yet I didn't know until years and years later because, you know, like you said, it, it doesn't have to have a title. So I right. realizing that, yes, thank you. Yeah. Well, and with that comes responsibility, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And understanding that you are a leader and you do have influence. And so it should somewhat affect the way that you lead your own life because yes. the way you lead, you also are influencing people in, in many ways. And it's very powerful, but you can also use it to really help people. And that's a blessing. Yes, yes, it is. Thank you for that. Okay. So Dion, can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? Well, Pretty much all my life, I've always kind of gravitated towards leadership in some regard. You know, going through high school and stuff, I was student council, president, things like that. I think the greatest thing for me was the light bulb moment when I had my son. He's been the catalyst. He's only, what, he's almost two years old. And, but he's been the catalyst for a lot of things that have happened in my life within this past year because I realized that I have this little life that's watching me. And it's not about what I sit him down and preach to him about, but it's about the life that I lead and the example that I set for him. And so, although I've had a respect for leadership, it wasn't until having him that I realized the importance of. A, practicing what I preach. B, getting a sense of urgency about my life, my dreams, my goals. If you've ever had the experience of having a child and in their early stages, the way from month to month, how they can progress and seeing how valuable time is, it really makes you look at your own life and say, you know, I don't have as long as I think I do. I don't have time to sit and talk about something for years and years and never put forth the effort. I think we have a lot of 
goals and things that we have in our hearts and our minds and things that God's given us to do, but because we don't have a sense of urgency, it never comes to fruition. So I'm very grateful for my son and the role that he's played in creating a sense of urgency because I realize just looking at his life that life really is precious and a vapor. And so while I'm on this earth, I'm determined to walk in as many blessings as I feel like God has for me and to do the things that I'm supposed to do. Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And I do agree with you that, you know, we don't have all the time in the world. So when we kind of drag our feet and and waste time, we are prolonging our journey. So, and a kid Mm -hmm. is a great way to, or a child is a great way to look at that, right? Because they do go so fast and everything happens so quickly and lets you know, like time is of the essence. So thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, In my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention Mm -hmm. of helping others do the same. Dion, Mm -hmm. can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Oh, wow. This has a lot to do with my personal training background. Okay. I think there are a lot of leaders that do not practice what they preach. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to the physical body, I used to have a lot of clients that would come in and say, gosh, I've been working so hard and I've not lost any weight. (laughs) You know, what's going on? (laughs) And then what I would have them do is be honest and write down everything that they eat, everything. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times as leaders, we get really good at preaching things. We get really good at telling people what to do. But one of my primary things is to practice what I preach. I am not going to open my mouth and say it unless I live it. Mm -hmm. And we see this in the human body. If you're not doing what you say you're doing, the results will follow. And I do believe that to be a great trait of leadership. There's this word called integrity and it is who you are when no one's watching. Mm -hmm. And although we don't think that it matters, it matters. It matters how you live. It matters how you speak to people. It matters how you speak to people that you don't think can do anything for you. It matters in many, many ways. I had a very close friend challenge me because I picked him up and my car was a wreck. And I get real good at making excuses because I'm a mom and my baby's only two. So my house is all over the place and my car is all over the place. But I am also someone who preaches about excellence. And he very much brought it to the forefront of my mind that excellence is not just who I am on stage. And it's not just the stuff that I write down in my book, but it's every time I step outside my door, the person that I present to the world Mm -hmm. and being a person of integrity and making sure that even the small details in my life, I am honoring the things that I say are important to me. So in terms of leadership, I think one of the very most fundamental basic things that a leader can do is practice what they preach and walk in integrity. Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And I totally agree with you. 
definitely integrity and practicing what you preach. But I really like how you broke it down to something as simple as maintaining your car because I can say that I struggle in that area as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm struggling. I'm still struggling. You know, I struggle in a lot of ways. And and the thing is we get so good at making excuses. Yes. And you know, in no way am I condemning people because you know we're normal, we're humans. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is when you are calling people to a higher standard of living, Mm -hmm. are you calling yourself to that same standard? Yes. Um, I think it's so easy. You know, I see a lot of parents. I have a little one and he's not even two yet, but it's so easy for parents to get on their children about what their children aren't doing. But in many ways, their children is a mirror reflection of them. Mm-hmm. And so you are quick to jump on kids because their problems are obvious and you can easily say something about it, but you have those same issues that you don't confront because no one else is holding you accountable but yes. yourself. Yes, that reminds me of a quote that I saw one time that said, like, um, if you change your inner self, your outer reality changes. Like a lot of times we try yes. to focus on changing the outside and other people and what's going on around us without realizing that if we make those changes within ourselves, it's a ripple effect and affects those around us as well. So, Yeah, yeah, okay. that's absolutely right. Yeah. All right. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Dion, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? It is the catalyst for success. It absolutely is necessary. And it absolutely is fundamental. So some of the people in society that I worry the most about are people who have either A, inherited a whole bunch of money that they did not work for and they don't know the level of sacrifice that it took to amass that type of wealth. Mm-hmm. I think that athletes can be somewhat susceptible to this. And here's why I say this. These are people who have experienced a level of success that most people have never experienced, but they don't have life experience to support their level of success. Mm -hmm. So in essence, they don't have the character that is only produced through failure Mm. that it takes to maintain the level that they are at or that they aspire to. I think those are the people that are the most vulnerable to breakdowns, to losing everything quickly because they don't understand the level of sacrifice. I think that any person that is willing to fail and fail early and fail fast are the ones that are going to win. They are the ones that do not care what their family and friends think about them. They are willing to step out there. If they don't have the answers, that's okay. They do it anyway because it's absolutely necessary. Failure is, again, it's the foundation of success. I think a lot of successful people have stories. Everybody has stories. And some of them came from traumatic childhoods. Some of them had a traumatic experience. But for many people, there's a defining moment where you say, I'm about to get serious about the life that I want. 
And it's really never birthed in the good times. It's only in those rough times that we know what we want and what we want to accomplish. And so I think it's important for people to change their perspective on failure. Because as you said, failure is not quote unquote failure as we have defined it in society. It's just necessary. Mm-hmm. Most people, if you think about some of the most successful millionaires and billionaires, they've had so many businesses that have failed. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a numbers game yes. because you have to be willing to throw something at the wall, throw something at the wall, throw something at the wall until it sticks. But each time you throw something at the wall, you've learned something different. You've learned a new approach. You're doing things differently. You're conducting your life in a different way. So you're getting better and better and better. You have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to look stupid. You have to be willing to not have all the answers. And you have to be willing to be the person in the room that doesn't know everything. You have to be willing to do that. Otherwise, you will not get to the next level. Very few people succeed on the first try. And those that do succeed on the first try, they fail in the long run. Okay. Thanks for that. I do agree with what you said. And it's so funny. I was just having a conversation literally last night about athletes and getting that money so quickly and not having that foundation. So that is just so crazy that you even brought that up. And I love how you said uh, failure is a catalyst for success and that we should fail early and fail fast if we want to win because it's necessary to build that character. So thank you. Okay. So Dion, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? I produced years ago an exercise video. And I'm a fitness instructor, a personal trainer, and I worked on this amazing, so I thought, exercise (laughs) video. I spent so much of my personal money. I did not have a marketing plan. I just knew that I was going to produce a video and everybody was going to flock to me because I produced a video. I did no market research to see what types of formats people were looking for. I actually produced an African dance video, which is a very niche market, but I did not research ways to access the market. So I spent a lot of resources and time and I did not sell very many videos at all. It was basically friends and family and people that felt bad for me. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, you know, to this day, it's a great workout. It's a great video, but the amount of money that I spent versus what was brought in was in a business sense, a failure. Mm -hmm. And for me, it is something I look back fondly. I am so grateful that I did it because now that I'm writing a book and I'm also selling to people, I've approached it much differently. Just in pre-sales alone, I've far exceeded sales-wise, what I sold in a year, you know, and, and my book hasn't even come out yet okay. because I researched things ahead of time. But had I not had that experience, I would not be doing what I'm doing with my book. Now, at the time, I was much younger. I was in my early 20s and I did not have a lot of money. So I spent a lot of money I did not have. At the time, it was devastating. And I thought I would never do anything like that again. 
And it, of course, takes time to pick yourself up, dust yourself off. And it just takes time to recover emotionally, especially when something's a passion project. Mm -hmm. But I would not trade it. And if it weren't for that, I would not be business-wise as savvy as I am right now. So that was a big blessing and I'm grateful for it. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. And I appreciate you getting personal with us. And I love how you, you know, because the importance to me with failure is taking the lessons learned from the situation. Now, of course, while you were going through, you probably wasn't thinking like, oh, what about my marketing plan? You know, you were just going through. But once you sat down, you know, and did some reflection, you were able to see that, you know, you didn't do the marketing plan and how a marketing plan would be beneficial to you. So thank you Mm -hmm. for sharing that. I think I want to just jump in. I think a lot of people who are passionate fall into this trap Mm -hmm. because when you are passionate about something, you think that your passion ignites that passion in other people. And it doesn't necessarily. Mm -hmm. In fact, passion is absolutely necessary and you should be passionate, but there is a business and there is a business side. And I see so many creatives. I see so many artists that are passionate about what they do, but they lack the business sense. And because of that, they either don't last in business very long or they struggle. And... I think it's first important to understand how important it is to market yourself. We live in a society now where social media has leveled the playing field in that if you have something go viral, your voice can be just as powerful as a celebrity's voice. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, it is important to see yourself as first a marketer of whatever you're doing. And then secondly, whatever you're doing. For example, if I'm a dentist, I can be the best dentist in the world, but if no one knows about me, it doesn't matter. Those dentists that we see advertising, we see their Facebook ads, we see them on local news ads, they may not necessarily be the best dentists, but they get the most business. Mm -hmm. And it's because they learn how to be marketers first. So I think everyone who's passionate about what they do You have to first figure out who are you talking to? Who is your audience? Who are the people that you want to reach? Not everybody's just going to love you because you're you. No offense, you're awesome, (laughs) but you need to have a specific audience. Mm -hmm. B, where do they reside? How can you reach them? Are they on social media? If they're not on social media, where are they? How can you reach them? These are all things that need to be considered before you put one dime into your project. These are things that you don't have to spend any money to find out. Just take a little time to do your research. And after you figure that out, then get passionate about your project. Then get passionate about producing something that people will love, people will benefit from. And when you put those two things together, then you'll be successful. But you have to get the word out and you have to see yourself as a marketer first. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. So Dion, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? I can answer this in two different ways. Okay. Because I think obviously in the entrepreneurial space, it is a male-dominated field. However, I think the tides are turning. Mm -hmm. And 
a lot more is in our favor. And there's a lot more resources out there, you know, in terms of grants, in terms of other organizations that specifically want to reach women, women of color that exists that the, you know, traditional white male actually does not have access to. So even though I think that, yes, we are still disproportionately underrepresented there's a lot that's out there. I also think, I was going to answer it this way too, most women, we are the caretakers of our family. And so for a lot of women, we are the sole you know, homemaker. We are the one who takes care of the children. And a lot of men don't necessarily have that primary responsibility like women do. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's challenging, But also at the same time, we have an amazing ability to multitask. And when I say multitask, I don't mean doing a whole bunch of stuff at once and then you're not effective at anything. Mm -hmm. I'm saying we know how to juggle. We -hmm. know how to wake up a little bit earlier before the kids wake up and get a little bit done. We know how I've got one hour of time to work on my business. I got to squeeze everything in before the kids get home. A lot of men don't have that skill because they've never had to have it. And so motherhood actually does a lot for the entrepreneur because it trains you. I think if you can be a mother, especially if you can be a single mother, you can run any business. Mm -hmm. Running a household is like running a business. Mm -hmm. And so these are things that even though they present themselves as bigger challenges for us, they are actually blessings because these are skills that we might overlook, but these are also the skills that are necessary to be successful. Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And I agree with you as far as in the past it has been, and sometimes still is a man's world, but the tide is changing. And I love the saying that they have that the future is female, right? And I do agree that motherhood and and being able to juggle everything that we juggle as women has prepared us for these changes in the tides and and being able yes. to lead effectively so thank you yes thank you okay so productivity is a hot topic right now mm-hmm. as it should be many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient mm-hmm. as a successful leader this is a must Dion, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Delegate. There are, as an entrepreneur, there are a ton of things that you have to do to get your business afloat. Some things you're really good at, some things you're not that good at. Some things won't necessarily produce a lot of things and you can outsource that. I think those that are winning are those that know how to outsource. For example, If you run a bakery and you are an incredible baker, you can cook, you can make these beautiful cakes, you may not be the best administrator. Now, your bakery may fail not because you don't deliver superior product, but because you don't know how to keep books very well. So you need to delegate that part of your business to someone who can do that well. So I think it's very important for the leader or the entrepreneur to understand what they do well. Mm-hmm. I live in Austin, Texas, and there is a very famous barbecue place called Franklin's Barbecue. 
Now, Franklin's is in the heart of a Black neighborhood that has now become gentrified. This same area has been owned by so many different Black operators that have all been able to throw down. And I mean, cook, 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 cook. But if you know anything about Austin, it's becoming very hipster, very kind of yuppie, up and coming. It's almost like the new Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And so this barbecue place that was owned by Black people from different, just different owners, you know, years and years and years of just different owners kind of passing it around. Black people knew about the business and they knew it was good barbecue, but it got bought out by some young white kids. Now, these were some young white kids that understood the power of marketing. Now, their barbecue, if you ask most Black people that live in Austin, is not even good. But anytime you go to Franklin's, let's say on a Friday or Saturday, there is a line wrapped around down the street around. President Barack Obama is seen eating there. Pretty much it's now become an Austin staple. Mm. And it's because those new owners understood the power of marketing. And the reason I'm bringing this story up is because it takes more than just being able to barbecue good to have a successful barbecue place. In fact, that's secondary. So instead of, if you were somebody that can cook Get somebody on your team that knows how to market what you do because it doesn't matter how talented you are. If you don't market it well, it's not going anywhere. Mm. And I think Franklin's Barbecue is the best example of that because under this new leadership and new ownership, they are making millions and millions of dollars. Wow. They, in fact, they don't even have real business hours. They just sell out of their barbecue and then they shut down for the day. And most times they're sold out by one o'clock. Oh, wow. And so again, this is the same location. If you ask most of the patrons that, that actually have seen the business over the years, seen that location over the years, but it got into the right hands. So I think you need to get very good at delegating, knowing your strengths and using those strengths to bring in the maximum profit. Okay. Thank you for that. Yes. And I love that was a very good analogy, which shows, you know, like uh, people whose cooking skills may have been better did not bring in enough. So marketing is so important. Thanks for that. Yeah. And and delegation, delegation, right? Yes. 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 (laughs) Well, I think so many times as entrepreneurs, we pride ourselves on doing everything. Yes. And even if you can do everything, is it wise to do everything? Yes. Is it wise mm-hmm. for you to spend a full day cleaning when you can pay somebody $100 to do that same cleaning and then you can use that time and produce over $2,000 worth of revenue? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think exactly. that's how you have to see it. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, I don't clean my house. Oprah doesn't clean her house. They're like, you're not Oprah. I'm like, I'm on my way. <laughs> yes. Well, it just doesn't, it does not make any sense. Yes, exactly. if you sat and really did evaluation of your time, if your time, like what you're producing is worth, I don't know, $150 an hour and you spend four hours on a Saturday cleaning, 
that's a $600 cleaning job. Mm-hmm. When you could pay somebody $100 and they knock it out and then you use that time to go and produce the $600. Exactly. I think as entrepreneurs, we have to think smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for that. And I love that with the analogy. I mean, with the numbers, right? Because people, you know, things get clear when you hear numbers. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So Dion, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? Well, yes. So recently I set out to do a few things for myself. I wanted to write a book and I wanted to become a speaker. And at first I was kind of going blind and just trying to get speaking engagements and trying to write book ideas. But the game changer for me was when I hired coaches. Mm -hmm. There are people in industries that have been where you are and that know things that you are about to experience. And it wasn't until I invested in a coach that I've actually made some headway on my goals. I think it's very important to A, invest in education, but also invest in coaches, in people that help you figure out where it is you want to go, help you come up with a plan, and that also hold you accountable. The problem with entrepreneurship, and it's also the blessing of entrepreneurship, is that nobody is making you do it. Nobody, Mm -hmm. if you do absolutely no work, nobody is going to call you and say, where are you? Mm-hmm. And although we love that freedom, we also don't honor our words to ourselves. And so when you have somebody that has these expectations of you and you're paying them, so you better use them, <laughs> like it changes things. And for me, that has been in my business, in my leadership, that has been the defining change was actually hiring coaches and mentors that have been where I want to go and that are actually giving me practical steps and then holding me accountable. Okay, thank you for that. And I do agree that coaches, you said both of the things that I love, education, I'm such an advocate for education. And then as well as coaches, right? Because I mean, why try to reinvent the wheel? Why walk into something blind? It just doesn't make sense when a person wants to, let's equate it to sports want to be great at basketball, like all the sports have coaches to help people become great. So why not do the same with our businesses? Mm -hmm. And I like how you said nobody is there to make us do it. So it sort of reminds me of college, right? Where it's like, no one's going to make you get up. Like I tell my daughter, I have a 20-year-old daughter that's in college. And I'm like, you know, this is you. This is your life. These are your decisions. So it's the same, I guess, in relation to an entrepreneur. It's like, this is what you chose to do. Now you have to Mm -hmm. get up and make it happen day in and day Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. I went to um, the University of Texas at Austin. And you may know that's a very large university. And it was a huge slap in the face, but it was also one of the best lessons that I could have ever learned. The class sizes are so large. They don't care if you don't come to class. Mm. They don't care. They don't care if you don't do your homework. Like in high school, your teachers are concerned and they call your parents and you know, that's not how life works. Mm-mm. If you 
choose not to do what you want to do, nobody cares. It's your life. It's your responsibility. And I'm grateful for that experience. I know I went to graduate school at a smaller university and the class sizes were more intimate. And so if someone was missing, you know, the professors would be concerned or whatever. But large class sizes, like they don't notice. There's like 500 people in that class. Like you don't have to come at all. That's fine. They're still going to collect their check. So that was a huge lesson, but it was, I think it's very metaphorical for life and metaphorical for entrepreneurs. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So Dion, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? Well, yes. This is a leadership, entrepreneurial, also just life advice. Your life is 100% your responsibility. 100%. Your success, your failures, it's your responsibility. No one owes you anything. And even if they technically owe you something, you got to see them not owing you. Will Smith had a very interesting talk. He got on Instagram and just kind of got real inspirational. And now he's just He's just awesome. He just has these little two-minute little things that are just awesome. But he had this little talk where he discussed the difference between fault and responsibility Mm. in that certain things may not be your fault, but if it's your life, it's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a rough season in your business, if there are things that are happening in the market that are beyond your control, at the end of the day, If it's your business, it's your responsibility. So if there's a market crash, you have to get real resilient. You have to think outside the box about how you are going to respond in a different way than what you used to. And I think that is the most important thing as an entrepreneur because your success and your failure rests on you not your excuses, not who was there to help you, not even the color of your skin. There are many things as African-Americans, as women, there are many setbacks that are beyond our control. But again, at the end of the day, no one is coming to save you. You are who you've been waiting for. So what are you going to do about it? Okay. I, I feel like you, you're talking directly to me. I love, <laughs> I love that. That was like, yes. You know, because it's so easy to allow, you know, life and situations to get you down and, you know, what was me or whatever. But at the end of the day, regardless of what it is, like you said, what are you going to do about it? Because if you want to obtain whatever goal, whatever level at the end of the day, regardless of what's thrown your way, you have to do what you have to do to attain it if that's really what you want. So if that's what you want, it's your life. Yeah, it's your life. I use this example, and I know this is a very controversial topic, and I'm almost afraid to bring it up, but to me, it's very necessary to talk about it because I'm so passionate about it. But the whole discussion of reparations, there are, I believe African-Americans are owed reparations. I think Mm -hmm. Native Americans are owed reparations. And I I think that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. But I also, at the same time, think that it is a dangerous place to be, to wait and base things in your life on whether or not somebody is going to pay you back. 
because you will be waiting forever. And at the end of the day, it's your life. Mm-hmm. If you, you may never get that 40 acres in a mule, but mm-hmm. you can work and produce things on your own and still earn it. So that's, I get very nervous when that discussion comes up because to me, it's not a matter of if we're owed or not. That's not the issue. The issue is people waiting to be given things that may never come. Yes. And it's your life, yeah. you know? So figure out another way to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. No, and I, and I agree with you totally. It's like, yes, that is true. You know, yes, we do deserve it. But what if it never comes? Are you going to sit and wait and and uh, with a twiddle your fingers or are you right. going to get out and go get what's yours? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? Yay! I feel great. <laughs> I feel great. I'm so honored to be able to talk to to you and your listeners. And, you know, it's our time. I think it's our time as women, as Black women, it's our time to shine. And we've been, and I think, again, based on the conversation we had before, there are a lot of things that we've dealt with as Black women, but those are the same things that have made us so resilient. Mm -hmm. And those are the traits that give us an edge versus other people that have never experienced the adversity that we've experienced. So I think it's time for us to use those things in our favor and realize the power that we have, especially in a time that, you know, social media has made so many things level for everyone. It's a matter of who's the hungriest. And so it's our time. Okay. Thank you. All right. So Dion, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Yes. Okay. So I have a book out. It's called Settled to Soaring. The word settled and then to T-O, soaring.com, you can go to. Uh, that's the website. You can order the book. It's a book that's geared for people who are settled in their careers and they know they have more inside of them. And it's a book that kind of ignites your passion, that kind of wakes you up and says, hey, you get one life. Let's get after the things you say you want. You can get my book there. You can also learn more about me on my website at dionross.com. And it's spelled D-I-O-N-N-E, Ross, R-O-S-S.com. Okay. Thank you, Dion. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Dion, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Dion's concept of life being a numbers game, so we should keep trying to reach higher heights. Dion advised us to throw something at the wall until it sticks, because each time we do so, we get better. To get to the next level, We must become comfortable with the possibility of failure and decide to move forward anyway. The more we try, the more likely we are to succeed. A quote by Pete Wentz reads, Life is merely a numbers game, a series of odds, and eventually we all lose. To think otherwise is foolish. But if we didn't, why would anyone bother getting out of the bed in the morning?
admire the insight and respect for leadership Dion had at such a young age. When we understand what's really important and choose to position ourselves accordingly, we are lying the foundation for our greatness. Knowing and doing this at a young age was not common in my circle of influence growing up. So I was not on this level during this time of my life. This is why I admire those who were what I would consider ahead of the game. This shows that Dion had a sense of urgency about her life during a time that many others do not. I can relate to Dion's realization of the necessity to lead by example once she knew she had someone looking up to her, as I experienced the same. Dion's son was her catalyst, while my younger sisters were my catalyst. As Dion stated, one of the most fundamental and basic things that a leader can do is practice what they preach and walk with integrity. Successful leaders understand that people are watching, so they choose to walk righteously. A quote by Albert Einstein reads, setting an example is not the main means of influencing others. It is the only means. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Dion mentioned the importance of marketing ourselves to increase awareness and generate more profits. According to Dion, being the best is awesome. However, if we are not making ourselves visible, then we are missing the mark. Focusing on advertising and marketing expands our reach and our probability of success. I will make it my business to focus on marketing first, as this is definitely a growth opportunity for me. Once we know better, we have the opportunity to do better. Now that I know marketing should be first, I will align my priorities in an effort to increase my success. A quote by Mari Smith reads, content is king, but engagement is queen, and the lady rules the house. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think of the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled, Throw Something at the Wall Until It Sticks with Dion Ross. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.